Phoenix Suns beating the Golden State Warriors for the second time here in this first month of the NBA season. And on today's episode of Locked on Suns, we'll break down the balance, the ball movement, and more from this 130 to 119 win. Let's go. You are Locked on Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, Every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past six seasons and a writer at Suns.com and Dime Magazine. Thank you all for making Locked On Suns your first listen here on this Thursday morning. After a big W, we are everywhere and we are free. So if you're on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, wherever you might be finding the show, hit subscribe, hit follow. Make sure this show is in your feed every single Monday through Friday for wins, for losses, for analysis, all of it. We have you covered. You can also follow along at LockedOnPHXSuns on Twitter, where after every single game this year, we will be doing our game takes in seven words or less. We have Alex Bochamp saying, do it in the playoffs. We have at LLCoolA60 saying, one man is no match for five, referring to Steph Curry versus the team might of the Phoenix Suns. And I think that is a perfect segue into where we would like to start. I'm going to switch things up a little bit from the normal recap of the show. If you've been listening, you'll know. I'll usually do a takeaway, some other details, and then our recap segments. I'm going to go back to doing the moment of the game, so let's start there. We'll do the big takeaway in the second segment in a minute. The big moment is split into two tonight, and it was really runs. These these games, these teams, when the Suns play the Warriors all the time go back to momentum, whether it's foul trouble that might cause the the swing to happen, whether it is somebody like Steph Curry or Devin Booker getting hot. In this case, it was neither of those players, really, although Steph had plenty. He went for 50 points tonight, and Booker was excellent in his own right with 27 and 9 of his own. But in this case, the two moments of the game actually don't include either of those. So let's take them in chronological order. I want to go to the six minute and six second mark of the second quarter. Steph Curry hits a three off of a Draymond assist to cut the Suns lead to three. So halfway through the second quarter, it's been a back and forth game. Both offenses are firing on absolutely all cylinders, basically shooting more than 50% from the field piling up assists, getting to the free throw line, huge offensive slugfest in the beginning, and Steph finally gets the Warriors within three points. Looney gets uh, a layup also off of a Draymond Green assist to cut it to one point at one moment there. And then here's where I really want to cue in. So Booker hits a layup, but then it becomes... The Cameron Payne show. Starting at the 4 minute and 38 minute second mark, that's where Payne hits a layup. From that point on, so the Suns are up 3 at that point because Booker did hit the layup. When Payne hits his first shot, it extends the Suns lead 
to five points. From that point on, he has 13 points, including, I believe, three three-pointers or two three-pointers. He gets to the free throw line twice. And by the end of the half, the Suns are up seven points. So that swing over just about four and a half minutes, all pretty much driven directly by campaign scoring the ball, turns a Warriors push to potentially take the lead with Steph scoring well and the momentum on their side. It turns that into a comfortable halftime lead that the Suns would not give up. I don't believe Golden State ever led uh, after that point, and I'm not sure... They may have not ever led in the game uh, after a, a few minutes into the first quarter, if I'm being honest with you. Then, that's part one. That is the first moment of the game. The second moment of the game, we're going to fast forward all the way to the 3 minute and 44 second mark of the third quarter. That is a, a moment where the Warriors once again cut the lead to 7 points. For about a minute, nobody can score. You have uh, Campaign misses a three, Aiton misses a hook shot over Steph Curry, and that sets Suns internet ablaze. Whether it's Twitter, Reddit, whatever you're on, if you talk about the Suns online during games, you saw everybody melt down at that moment when Aiton missed the turnaround hook shot over Steph Curry. And so... A few seconds later, 12 seconds later, and I don't think it's because of the miss, but Aiton checks out of the game. It's a big swap. You see Dwayne Washington come in, Damian Lee come in, and for Aiton, Jock Landale comes in. Again, this becomes a defining moment of the game. The Suns outscore the Warriors uh, by uh, 13-6. to six. 13 to 3? Is that even possible? Okay, 13. No, not 13 to 3. But the end of the third quarter, the Suns are leading by 14 points. Yes, yeah, so it's 13 to 7 is this run. Nine of these points come from Mikael Bridges and Devin Booker combined. You get one Booker assisted dunk by Jock Landale in transition. You remember the play. Landale gives an incredible scream at that moment. He's feeling it. And then a Booker-assisted Dwayne Washington jumper. So all of these points were either scored or assisted by the combination of Devin Booker and Mikhail Bridges. And if that has not been the story of these minutes, these games, without Chris Paul, without Cam Johnson, then I don't know what has. Those two have become the defining duo of this team and when the team needed it to make one final push, the Warriors cut it to seven with a few minutes left in the fourth quarter. DeAndre Ayton, it was a clear emphasis to get him involved to start out the second half. And he makes, I want to say, two of his several opportunities. He was two of maybe five or six before he checked out with two turnovers. Yeah, two of six from the field in the third quarter for Ayton and two turnovers, including the missed hook shot over Curry that I mentioned. So Ayton emphasizing him does not work. We'll talk about that later on. The Suns go to their studs. 
And those two guys, McHale and Book, put the game away to close out the third quarter. And to top it all off, the Suns go ahead and basically play it even with the Warriors in the fourth quarter as well. All the starters stay in. It definitely, the game was not like out of reach by that point, but it just about sealed it up. Excellent stuff. You had campaign stepping up in one moment, 29 points for him, a career high, leading the team in scoring tonight. And then in the second moment, with Aiton faltering, you had the other two stars of this team with 23 for Bridges, 27 for Booker. Those guys step up in the third quarter. I want to get to my main takeaway of the game, which really overlaps with a lot of this already, but uh, dig a little bit deeper into the ball movement specifically and the team game that we saw these guys play. First, I want to talk about BetterHelp. Today's show brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is required... We are required to do so much as people, whether it's at work, whether it's by our family, we all have to do so much. And unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual. And so when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. I felt this during COVID and I reached out, found help, figured it out, got to see somebody, talk to somebody and It really makes you feel better, even if it's not mental illness that you might get diagnosed with, or it's not even some big life change you're experiencing. If you feel off, if you feel stuck, therapy can help and BetterHelp can be the place to get it for you. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online and it's affordable. So just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. And if things aren't clicking, you can switch to a new one. It could not be simpler at BetterHelp. There's no waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless search for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on NBA. Okay, so I talked about the moments of the game. In this case, there were two of them. Most nights, there will just be one, I promise. I want to get to the main takeaway of the game. And it might not sound novel, but I think it is. The takeaway from tonight's game for me is that the the blueprint still works. Now, we got reports in the middle of this game that there is a trade in the works for Jay Crowder. It's kind of ironic that that would break at the same time as a performance where the Suns made it work with what they had to a really high degree. And you can look almost anywhere in this box score, anywhere in the highlights of this game, and find examples of what I'm talking about. The Suns had 33 assists tonight. They did have 15 turnovers. That ratio got a little bit worse in the second half. Um, Aiton had a couple of those turnovers, etc. But um, Jock Landale, too. But 33 assists is an incredibly high number. 43-point attempts is an incredibly high number. If you've been listening to this show long enough, you've heard me harp on the 30-30 uh, benchmarks for this team. 30 assists, 
33-point attempts. That goes back all the way to when Monty was first hired, when Ricky Rubio was setting everybody up. The Suns routinely got to that number that first season because they had guys like Aaron Baines and Frank Kaminsky spacing the floor at the center spot. They had Rubio, who could take threes, make threes. Guys like Kelly Oubre, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, who were developing uh, some acumen beyond the arc. Less so with Chris Paul because there's not as many threes going up necessarily as there were that first season, but it's still a very useful way to measure this .5 offense that Monty Williams has installed here. And so the Suns flew past both of those today. They also made 21 of their 43s, which is excellent. So assist to turnover, you can also look at rebounding. The Suns out-rebounded the Warriors. The Warriors only had six offensive rebounds. And yes, they're not a big team, but Kevon Looney in and of himself is a player who can make a big impact on the offensive glass. We know Draymond Green can do the same. They have some energy guys, whether it's DiVincenzo, Jamichael Green, who was not good at all tonight. Uh, their young guys, Moses Moody. Kaminga didn't play. He was sick tonight. But keeping the boards in check was huge. And it, again, was a team game. 10 rebounds for Craig. 9 for Mikhail, 7 for Aiton. 8 for Damian Lee, of all people. I also, in terms of the, uh, the team game... I look at the free throw attempts because that was something that was an, a major, major emphasis in the lead up to this game, coming off of the Miami game when the Suns only had four free throw attempts. And that's another area where it was a collective effort. Booker got the momentum behind the Suns in terms of, of the officials and, and the way that the game was being called. Right away, he drew several fouls to open the game. I believe he had six free throw attempts in the first quarter alone. He finished with nine. You, you saw campaign during the flurry that I talked about. I believe he had four free throws in that second quarter stretch that I had talked about in the moment of the game. And then Bridges was interspersing it all throughout. He specifically, I think we have to key in on here um, later in the show. We'll do a new recap segment. And then points, 23 for Bridges, 29 for Payne, 27 for Booker. And then other guys, Craig stepped up making some shots. Damian Lee made a few threes in the fourth quarter to put the game away. Uh, and then the last thing I would say in terms of this is filling their role. I talked um, last week, I want to say, where, oh no, it was after the Heat game in the recap segment with the Bench Mob Vibe Check about the specialists on this team and how in the past Monty had a lot of generalists, right? It was, it was, it might be each one more. It might've been Dario Saric who was excellent, but you know, isn't elite at any one thing necessarily. Same with maybe Frank Kaminsky. You could say that about Javon Carter, you know, people who were above average in a, in a few things, but not reliable in any one category. I guess maybe Javon, you would say, perimeter defense, maybe Sharich has a case to be made, but Josh Okogi is who I think of in this case. And Monty continues to use him in really smart ways. Now, maybe it's just because Cam, Chris, and Landry are all out, but the, case, the, the point stands. Okogi has been utilize in a really cool way 
where he's able to come in and not have to do too much. You know, he second-guessed the three and didn't take it, and I believe turned the ball over at one point. He then took a corner three the next possession and clanked it. He's 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 not going to be a difference maker on offense, but tonight you can match almost perfectly a couple of stretches from Akogi with poor the poor performance that Jordan Poole had. Now, Poole played three times as many minutes as Akogi. He was in there for plenty of chunks of this game without Akogi. But still, uh, the one turnover that Poole had was a direct result of Akogi. I would say Akogi, of his 3,009 minutes, which is kind of hilarious, he fouled Poole probably twice out of that. But he's enforcing his will. He's enforcing his his physicality on the game and making an impact that way. And so everybody really pitched in. And I guess thinking about it that way against the caliber of opponent that the Warriors are. Now, I know they are 0-8 on the road now. They're 6-9 and overall. It doesn't feel like this is the defending champion. But come on. I mean, it's still the Suns playing without two starters, without Shamit, who's a role player, and Crowder still at home. And beating the Warriors with a collective effort, that really stands for something. And it's another reminder, there have been multiple this season, and I know I've been very hard on the team recently after some of the losses, whether it's Philadelphia or Miami. Obviously, I didn't do a podcast after the Orlando game, but that was not a very pleasant loss for anybody. Um, And still... Tonight can be a reminder of the rubric works. The blueprint works. Move the ball, space the floor, make quick decisions, play defense as a team, play offense as a team, stay engaged, and it can work, right? It can work. Even without Chris Paul, even without your best shooter in Cam Johnson, even with Jay Crowder's situation still unresolved. The Suns put up 130 points, They kept everybody not named Stephen Curry in check in this game. And they won a big one. They're they're 2-0 against the Warriors. They're now 6-4-2. Math was a a little wonky there. Uh, (laughs) 4-2 against this team over the past couple seasons. And they've played one of their main competitors for the Western Conference title belt very closely all year long. Or all all era long, if you want to say, since the Warriors became whole again. It's impressive. And it's keeping the Suns' floor very high. It's keeping them up in the standings. And it's allowing them to weather the storm with all these early season absences. It's 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 very impressive. And I, I think consistency is the hardest thing in the NBA. And the Suns have found a way to have that, even with so many challenges to it. I want to close out with a little bit more of a Benchmob vibe check. And then I'm going to have a new recap segment tonight, looking a little closer at one element of the box score First, today's show, guys, also brought to you by Sweatblock. I told you I was in New York over the weekend, but I got back and it's just as cold here, frankly. And what the winter means is layers. So you have your under t-shirt, you might have a flannel on, and then you might have a coat on over that or a windbreaker type of jacket on over that. And while 
Yes, we need that because when we're outside, it's a little chilly. When you come inside and all of a sudden the heat's on and there's bustling with people, you can start to get a little bit uncomfortable with the underarm. I was able to fix my problem by using sweat block on that trip out of town. I've started to use it again now that I'm back home because, look, even though it's not the summer here in Arizona, we know uh, you can get that discomfort. Sweat block wipes were invented by a doctor and they're guaranteed to work or you don't pay. They call it the sweat block dry shirt guarantee. And if it does not keep you dry, sweat block does not keep you dry. You, once again, get your money back. So if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock risk-free today. They're available on Amazon or better yet, save 20% with the promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com. That's promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com to save 20% on your next order. Today's show also brought to you by My Solar Nerd. If you live in Arizona, you know that people are always coming up to you claiming what they're going to give you is free solar. Hey, let me install this. It'll be free on your end and it'll be all these benefits. But you know, they're scamming you. They're overcharging. They're misleading. My Solar Nerd cuts all of that out. They get right to the chase to help you get the best solar system to fit your needs. That's their mission and they keep it simple. They know that an educated customer is a happy customer and that if you live in Arizona, switching to solar should mean saving money. If there's one thing we have in this state, it is sunlight. They know how to put it to use. They'll put their industry knowledge to work for you by getting you the best equipment warranties and installers in their network and they'll make sure your transition to solar is as smooth as possible by managing the project for you from start to finish as well. Our listeners will get a $50 Amazon gift card when you book a no-commitment evaluation. This promotion only for Locked On listeners and only for homeowners. No apartment complex solar panels as much as we might all like that. So visit MySolarNerd.com and and select Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us section. Make the switch to solar on your term. Start your research process now by visiting MySolarNerd.com today and show Locked On some love by letting them know we sent you when you fill out the no-commitment evaluation. Enter for that $50 Amazon gift card. Folks, going solar does not need to be complicated, and MySolarNerd.com makes it easy. Let's quickly hit the Benchmob vibe check. We have to do that every night. There's so much going on with this rotation. I think a couple things to key into tonight. Jock Landale, this was a bounce-back game for him. He's playing such a small role that I've said in the past, I don't want to pick apart his every performance when he's playing 12 to 15 minutes. Sometimes the shots just aren't going to go in. His energy, his physicality, those things have been fairly constant. So I don't think he's been playing badly, but it's still good to have a night where you do get your hands on a couple rebounds. He had a, uh, a couple nice blocks rotating to corral the ball handler, uh, at least in one case, and seven points. So seven, four, and two for Jock Landell is a fantastic showing. We knew from the first Warriors game that when the Warriors switch, DeAndre Ayton is going to have opportunities against smaller guys. I talked about Ayton not maybe making the best use out of that. Zero free throw attempts for him. Seven rebounds in twice as many minutes as Landale. No blocks. Uh, and only 7 of 14 from the field for Ayton. But in the case of Landale, I think he was a little more consistent with it, getting to his hook shot, getting he 
finished in transition, as I mentioned, during that uh, third quarter push by the Suns. So using his size, using his energy, making that a real strength, he did get kind of crossed up or uh, like exposed a little bit by Jermichael Green early in the game. It felt like it might be a little bit of a long night for him and Bismack Biombo might be the answer, but credit to Lando for turning that around and, and being a positive tonight. Yes, the Suns were outscored by five during Landale's minutes, but I thought he played pretty darn solidly. Um, I think the only other thing, I mentioned Akogi quite a bit in that last segment. He was a, a highlight in terms of just putting the clamps on pool and using the heck out of his fouls. 3,009 minutes for Akogi. Um, but I think the main thing is Dwayne Washington. So Maybe not even so much what he did tonight, but more the uh, ad- admission, if you want to call it that, by Monty Williams pregame when he was asked about Washington, just indicating like his awareness and emphasis on getting Washington minutes. You know, on Monday night, Washington explodes in the second quarter and then barely plays in the second half, right? And so I think Monty knows he needs to get him into the game. He admitted, you know, the defensive adjustments and developments are going to be the trial and error with Washington, but that he's really been pleased with how he's played overall. So we know that two-way clock is still ticking as well for all the game days that Washington is active for. The Suns do have the open roster spot still. We'll see if that continues post-Crowder trade or not, post-trade deadline or not. But for now, Washington's able to be active for these games. They're not worried about that. Monty wants to continue to get him some minutes. I hope that continues after Chris Paul returns to the lineup. But these are valuable moments either way. Having that huge second quarter against Miami. He didn't play as well tonight, but those are necessary too to feel out what it's going to be like on a winning team playing a role rather than being on a bad Pacers team and chucking up shots, right? So all these things are learning moments and I think Washington you saw the the ups and the downs of a two-way player who's trying to make a name for himself tonight uh, with the, a down in 14 minutes. The debut of the new recap show segment is upon us here. So we have added this year the pigeon of the game, which I really like. Tonight, it's the Warriors. Their defense tends to be pretty darn good. I'm not going to pick somebody. Um, they've picked at pool in the past, but that one we're not going to do. We know some of the other ones, the Facundo Campazzo all-stars of guys that Chris Paul just runs through, uh, the ringer a little bit. We're not doing that one either. A new recap segment today. The box score We could call it a few different things. The box score nugget of the day. The box score peculiarity of the day. We'll workshop the title. I'll I'll continue to think about it. But it's one thing in the box score on either end that caught my attention. And so what I want to highlight with tonight's first ever edition of this is uh, Mikhail Bridges' assists. Nine assists today and... Not to pick it apart or tear it down, um, it was funny that both Monty and Book both kind of mocked uh, Mikhail a little bit, kind of poked fun at him like, I didn't know he could pass, it's quite an uh, an achievement for him to do this, etc, etc. Very funny, like, 
He's not that type of player normally. Um, they're kind of making fun of him. I think for having so much potential and not always doing it, I think is kind of where they're coming from. That all said, I went back and watched the assists before I hit record here. Um, they were not that spectacular, okay? So let's not turn this into Mikhail Bridges is, you know, you could imagine reading an article on some national outlet and then they are writing about the Suns and all of a sudden it's, oh, and, and Bridges has really shown an aptitude for playmaking lately as indicated by his nine assists against the Warriors. Let's not do that, okay? It comes back to, for me, that team aspect, that team mindset, the blueprint, everything I talked about in the middle of the show. Bridges' assists were all awareness assists and right play assists. And tonight, because the Suns shot so well from three, because they got some offensive rebounds, they were able to turn into assists, all right? One of these was uh, Bridges getting his own missed shot and then just dishing it out to the perimeter for somebody who was open because the Warriors had already been collapsing in for the defensive rebound. There were a couple where it was just the next pass of a rotating around the arc, you know, okay, book sucks the defense in and kicks and then ping, ping, ping to the corner. And it just so happens the last pass was Bridges to the corner. Maybe Torrey Craig in transition. There was one for campaign. Plays like that. Not to take away from Bridges, the awareness, the IQ, everything to execute that is still very good. Nine of those don't just hang on trees. You have to be doing something right to tally up that many assists. But this was not Mikhail Bridges running pick and roll a bunch of times in this game and swinging it around to shooters and getting everybody involved, and all of a sudden Bridges is a third playmaker for this Suns team. None of that, okay? We're not we're not going to go that far, but still very impressive. His ability to have the ball in his hands as much as he does now while continuing to play an incredible amount of minutes, still defending Steph Curry. Uh, you can't say enough about Bridges. We have to mention on the topic of this box score nugget of the night, um, Steph scored 50 points. I mean, I just feel like I said that at the beginning of the show. I just have to say it again. The man was a lunatic tonight. He was hitting threes from everywhere. He was finishing at the basket. He was getting to the free throw line. He was moving without the ball. He was isolating with the ball. He was finishing over Ayton, over Landale, over the guards who were trying to contain him on the perimeter. He was getting open when all you need to do is not let him get open. He's incredible. He's been on a tear this year. I don't think it would be crazy to imagine him winning the MVP if they can turn their season around in the win-loss column, but you just have to acknowledge it. I know Suns fans don't want to give Steph a pat on the back. They are These games have become increasingly chippy. I know the Suns fans are tired of the Warriors, but come on, the dude scored 50 points. All right, one more show to round out the week tomorrow. Hopefully this Jay Crowder trade gets done. It feels like it's very close. I would not be surprised if it came out on Thursday. We'll talk about that to close out the week. In the meantime, make Locked On Sports today your second listen or watch on your Thursday. Get up on everything in the whole world of sports in 20 minutes or less available wherever you get your podcasts. And I will talk to you all tomorrow.